0: Hello there, we're Tony and Susan Alamo, the Tony and Susan Alamo Christian Foundation. Stay with us for the next half hour. We have our choir, our orchestra, gospel testimonies, gospel songs, and a message from my sweet little angel wife that I'm sure you won't want to miss. You know, she's a little thing, but she's sure got a great big message. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. In case you're just tuning in, here's the deal. Every weekday for a year, we're taking five minutes to tell the story of a woman from throughout history and around the world, who you may or may not know about, but definitely should. Each month is themed, and this month, we're talking about villainesses. Women have historically been put on pedestals, and the feminine is often equated with purity and goodness. But women, like all people, are complex and diverse. Today, we're talking about a famous American evangelist and con woman who helped found and served as prophet to her own religious cult. Let's discuss the fascinating life and death of Susan Alamo. Susan was born in 1925 as Edith Opal Horn in Alma, Arkansas to Jewish parents. Not much is known about her early years, but we do know that she married twice and had a daughter before heading to Hollywood to try and make it as an actress. She didn't have much luck in that regard, but after converting to Christianity, Susan learned she was a particularly skilled evangelist. She also met Bernie Laser Hoffman. When Susan and Bernie met, sparks flew. The two divorced their respective spouses to be together and got married in a 1966 ceremony in Las Vegas. They then legally changed their names to Tony and Susan Alamo. The Alamos founded the Alamo Christian Foundation in 1969 in Hollywood, California. It was a great time to start a church there, as the Jesus movement that was just taking hold provided the basis and faces for many new religious groups, and especially destructive cults. Lots of hippies suddenly found themselves as religious seekers. They were drawn into movements that purported to support hippie ethos while promising a different kind of high. The Alamo's church, though unusual in some of its teachings and practices, was fundamentally Pentecostal in nature, and it was often referred to as being part of this post-hippie Jesus movement. Well, our religion is not old-fashioned. It is real genuine, and we're happy in our Christian experience. We're happy in our Christian lives. It was surprisingly conservative, extremely anti-Catholic, and only recognized the King James version of the Bible. Its members adhered to a strict moral code, which they claimed condemned and forbade the use of drugs, homosexuality, adultery, birth control, and abortion. People looking to join the church or to become involved in its rehabilitation program took a vow of poverty and agreed to turn all of their property over to the church. In return, the church would meet their basic needs and their children would be provided with the basic high school education. The church was the subject of controversy even in its early days for its methods of recruiting. Young members of the congregation stood on the streets of Hollywood, invited young people to convert to Christianity, and took them to the church for evening services roughly an hour away. Isolating potential converts was a big part of the strategy. In 1976, Susan decided to relocate the church to Dyer, Arkansas, near the town where she grew up. There, the group grew until it had several hundred members. As the church expanded, it established churches in Nashville, Chicago, Brooklyn, and Miami Beach. The church owned Nashville's largest country-western clothing store, where Tony Alamo eventually sold his famous Tony Alamo jean jackets, a popular item with celebrities and fashionistas at the time. The elaborately bedazzled jackets were created using unpaid church labor, often by children because of their small hands. The church published a number of religious tracts and distributed tapes and records of sermons by the Alamos to get their message out to the masses. Susan and Tony's big break came when they were put on TV. They began a national television ministry in the 1970s that was very popular as a sort of religious revival variety show hybrid. Tony served as MC, and Susan served as the movement's religious authority. In 1982, Susan died, relatively suddenly, of breast cancer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the City of Faith Hospital. Due to his apparent belief that she would rise from the dead, Tony had her body embalmed and then kept it on display for six months before it was entombed in a specially built, heart-shaped marble mausoleum on the church property. The federal government confiscated the property. They found that Susan's body had been removed from the heart-shaped tomb and seemed to have disappeared. After Susan died, Tony drove the church in a more and more abusive direction. And Tony was arrested multiple times for everything from violating labor laws to sexual abuse. We don't fully know the degree to which Susan took part in the worst of the church's abuses. Still, it's difficult to fully exonerate her for the role she played in the creation of the Alamo Ministries. At the end of the day, she was a con artist. And much of what she and Tony were selling to their congregation was just that a con meant to line their own pockets. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another fascinating villainess. We'll be heading back to the American West. Special thanks to my sister, Liz Kaplan, the genius researcher behind this collection of women. Talk to you tomorrow.